This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Let's say hello to our friends out there as well. It's uh, Franklin Proctor here. Good morning, Frank. Sue Chef of the Garden. Hey, good morning, Charlie, and good morning, James. James is James there. Dooley in the uh, other room there. Big smile on his face. Well, no wonder. On a gloomy day. Working with two pros like us. Absolutely. You know. Once we figured out how to turn and, the microphone on, we're mention, very professional. And good looking. Yeah. <laughs> Tall. Well, uh, I might as well go the whole deal, you know, as long as I'm digging this hole, uh, I'll get down to Why China. Stop, yeah. Yeah. PhD piled higher and deeper. I think that's what it means. Yeah, anyway, uh, welcome to the, uh, the Garden Show here with Charlie Dobbin. And my job is to get you the phone numbers and then inveigle you to call. You see, okay? <laughs> Good so, word. Yes, I Oof. love it. All righty, for Toronto area listeners, it's four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and then anywhere else in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty. Four seven forty. Don't mean to be a nasty little guy here, but our mantra is: call early, call often. One question per call because I do my patrolling, you know, and I'll pull you over. Yeah, and give he's you got t- a big yeah. pencil and, and a big pad of paper. And and if you're a first time caller, let James know. That's what you'll be rewarded with. Butterfly wings. Yes. Pretty a cheap gift when you think about it. Isn't it? <laughs> it's the thought that it's counts. It's the thought that counts. Yes, exactly. Well, what have you got for us, Charlie? Uh, okay, a couple of things. From last week, remember our last second last caller was Wally, and he was the gentleman who had the very old oh, roses. Yeah, yeah. They had been planted, you know, his, mm-hmm. his grandfather, I think, or his father, worked for Niagara Parks mm-hmm. Commission, and these roses have come down through the, through the family. I said to him I would come back with a website yep. for him. It is uh, a grower in the St. Catharines area. Uh, the, the actual website, of course, is <clears throat> excuse me, www.jcbacher, B-A-K-K-E-R. So jcbacher.com. So that's for Wally or anybody who's interested in learning more about roses, because on that website, you'll go, you'll see that he's got lists of all the things he grows. And of course, he's Mm -hmm. a wholesaler. You don't go and buy from him. He sells to the retailers and then you buy his roses from everybody else. But he does have something called a reference guide. And the reference guide is full of all kinds of great information on the care and pruning and uh, everything to do with roses. All righty. And the John Barker, wonderful gentleman, grows amazing roses and little uh, inside scoop. 
don't tell anybody. Okay. Inside scoop. Um, <clears throat> John is growing a beautiful, fragrant, pale pink, extremely aromatic rose, which is going to be named the Canada Blooms Rose. And oh. it's going to be introduced at Canada Blooms this year in March. But don't tell anybody. No. Top secret. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. All right. So a couple other things going on. Uh, of course, always lots of events. So just in terms of the order, uh, this coming Tuesday, October the 8th, I will be speaking about the magic behind Canada Blooms for the Pickering Horticultural Society. We're meeting at the Pickering Rec Complex, 1867 Valley Farm Road in Pickering. Of course, everybody's welcome. So come on out and learn more about Canada Blooms and get all excited because the show, of course, is coming up in March. Also on Tuesday, October the 8th, 8 p.m., the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is hosting a general meeting and free lecture on Cooking with Herbs by author and chef Yvonne Tremblay. This, of course, happens at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road at Markham Road. Again, lots and everybody's welcome and there are refreshments. That Mm. always makes it worthwhile. Same with the Burlington Hort Society. Everyone's welcome. Lots of refreshments, and they they do know how to put it on in style. Trust me, in Burlington, they don't mess around. This Wednesday, October the 8th, 7.30 p.m., Burlington Senior Centre, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane in Burlington. The topic is Ask a Gardener, and there will be several master gardeners in attendance. Sounds like a good pretty full plate there. Yeah, and you know what else? Just quickly, this Monday, 9 p.m., Vision TV, right here, coming out of the Zoomerplex, the Zoomer show is premiering. Oh, Right? So that's the show with Conrad Black and and, uh, Denise Donlan. Well, the reason I bring it up is because I hope and sincerely hope that very soon you'll get some garden tips on the Zoomer show from me. Now, not for this first show, because I think winter coming, they're talking more about some lifestyle stuff and yeah. politics. But uh, certainly I'm anticipating... You are going to be a future guest. I'm hoping. Well, wow. Just thought I'd put it on the radio so everybody would know. <laughs> <laughs> a little elbow dig to the management there. Get me on. Come on. Well, you yeah. know, it's lifestyles, yeah, right? Gardening sure. is a lifestyle. Absolutely. A very important one. And we'll return to those very important ones, our listeners, in just a couple of moments. We, uh, first of all, have to do a little stretch. Stretch. (laughs) I just about got punched in the cheek there. (laughs) Holy Hannah. He says the word stretch and he stretches. Holy Hannah. I I haven't heard that in a dog's age. My gosh. (laughs) I haven't heard that one in a dog's age either. (laughs) A coon's age. All right. So why is he stretching and punching me in the side of the head? Well, boomers who want the freedom to maintain their favorite activities with reduced aches and stiffness may find that Sierra Sil can help them be pain-free. Completely natural mineral supplement available over the web Mm -hmm. at sierrasil.ca over the phone at one eight seven seven joint 14 or at many health food stores, including Feel Good Natural Health in Oshawa on King Street. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. you picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And a good morning from Frank here in studio with Charlie. 
And uh, I see that Evelyn in Toronto is calling in. Uh, you better get your stethoscope out <laughs> and your lab coat there because no she's got a sick, sick bagunia on her hands. Yeah. Sniffles. Well, all right. Let's find out what's going on here. Hi, Evelyn. Good morning. Hi, Frank. Good morning. Um, yes, I have this beautiful begonia, non-flowering begonia. I grew it from a leaf, and it just grew so nicely. It had a big, long spine, and the leaves were all coming off it. One day I looked at the spine, and it had white, sticky stuff on it mm-hmm. and on some of the leaves. White, actually kind of furry-looking stuff. Well, yeah, no, almost like uh, glue. <laughs> almost oh, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, really sticky. And anyway, it's collapsed since then, probably. And the, well, the leaves that had the white on them were not happy. So right. I put baking soda on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read in a book, baking soda was good. Okay. And I took off the leaves that had the white on them. Yeah. And, but unfortunately, now it's spread. Well, actually, I removed the plant finally. Uh, but it had spread because I have some flowering begonias on either side of it, about three feet away. And it had spread to them, unfortunately. And I just wondered if there's any hope. Well, and these are inside your house, I assume. Yes. Right. By the window. Okay, so what's going on there is um, fungus, fungal yeah, disease, which thought, is yeah. why you grab the baking soda yeah. because it's known to help. Um, now, remember, with fungal diseases, it's virtually impossible to eliminate them. Uh, I thought I remembered well, you saying yeah, that. Once, once they, st- it's a spore. Once you get one yeah. spore growing That's and happened, yeah. growing happily, and you know, making more spores, you can control, but you can rarely eradicate mm. fungal diseases. So. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is prevent them. And the best way to prevent fungal diseases is do everything in your power to ensure that the plant is in the right amount of light. It's getting enough air circulation. Yeah, that's what the book said. What do they mean by air circulation? How well, do you know if your plants have enough air circulation? I know. Inside the house, it's a bit tough because we don't generally yeah. have a lot of air, you know, wind blowing. And yeah. if anything, we usually try to keep our plants out of air circulation because yeah, it dries them out. Yeah, yeah. But begonias are a plant that wouldn't mind a little bit of, uh, a little bit of air movement around oh, really? them. It just helps if there are, because remember, these are airborne spores. Yeah. So what's happened is from the one plant, the, the spores have traveled mm-hmm. to the other plants. Yeah. And, and you know, we do have very light winds in our ho- house, whether we know it or not. Just by opening a door, we get little drafts and air movement. So main thing to do is, of course, hold right back on watering. If, as soon as yeah, you see a begonia starting to struggle with anything fun- in fungal in nature, just stop watering it. You, it's virtually impossible to kill a begonia with lack of water, but it's certainly very easy to kill with too much water. So just stop watering, let it dry right down till it's like desert yeah. type soil yeah, um, and cut the plant back as well. Cut, cut all that diseased looking yeah. stem off, get it right out of the house, not even in the composter, oh, like right really? into the garbage okay. and, uh, and just let it be. Let, keep it in that sunny location where you've got it. Little new green growth should start to grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talk about humidity and spritzing our tropical mm-hmm. plants all the time. Don't ever spritz a begonia. I or thought, yeah, I thought I read somewhere that it liked to be sitting in a pot of water. Not begonias, no. Oh, really? It no, must have been no. another plant. There are I didn't some. Do that, but yeah. I thought that's what I read. I mean, some of our house plants, like azaleas, love yeah. to be kept wet or very moist. Um, yeah. Gardenias, they love to be kept very moist. But other plants will just, you know, shrivel yeah, up okay. and die. Like yeah. orchids, if they sit in water for too long, will turn to mush. As will yeah. begonias. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's a fine line. But they are, they do tend to be short-lived house plants anyway. So no worries on that. Um, well, I'll just get another leaf from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And there's a very some attractive plant. Gorgeous. 
happened overnight, and gorgeous. I don't know. Begonias. Where are they? Uh, they just fly around everywhere, do they? Because I really even open the windows there. How would they? Yeah, it, it's come from somewhere, from <laughs> moist soil. You know, we have mm-hmm. dormant things all over, wow. particularly in our yeah. soil, that yeah. wake up under the right conditions. <laughs> but so. but Why you're did you right. look at me like that? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, <laughs> <laughs> Frank, don't somebody take that person. Somebody came in my place and woke it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, thank you. That's sort of what I thought, but yeah. I needed to get your expert advice well, on that. My pleasure, and good luck with that. But yeah, begonias are wonderful houseplants. Yeah, so, it was, and it, it great was really leaves. well. The leaves were so very attractive, and the yeah. flowering one was flowering very nicely. Yeah. But. So, anyway. all right. Well, the good thing is water half as often. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. No, I, cut, I, I figured that because I thought it was some sort of a mold, so yeah. I, I stopped watering. Good idea. Uh, but, Thanks, As Ellen. I say, the damage, I guess, was already done. Exactly. Okay. Thank Take you. care. Have a lovely day. Thanks, Bye. Evan. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Aww. She's sort of resigned to the whole thing. She's just, oh, well. Good try, though. Good yeah, try. Yeah, Yep. Now, should we uh, take another call here? Uh, I, yes, we should. Yes, okay. Cheryl from Thornhill. Rose of Sharon, one of my favorites. I know, uh, you were saying. You had yeah. a little hedge of Rose oh, of Sharon in one of your past beautiful. lives. Beautiful. Well, let's find out what's going on with uh, Cheryl's Rose of Sharon in Thornhill. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning to the weekend happy gang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Good morning. I guess it should be the happy duo. <laughs> or the well, James is pretty yeah. happy. He's part yeah. of the gang. <laughs> okay, that's very true. He's the who answered the phone. Yes, that's exactly. exactly very right. Yeah. And I also learned something as I was listening about azaleas because I have one at work and I'm always afraid of making it too wet you can't. or damp. And I, I think I let it dry out a little bit too much. I don't <laughs> think you can overwater an azalea, frankly. And particularly well, at work where you leave it all weekend, you know, yeah. do give it a watering on Fridays before you leave. Oh, I do. Okay. But that's about the, well, in between too. Yeah. yeah anyway, you, my Rose of Sharon, mm. um, I think it's at least 10 years old. I phoned one time about how to move it and I moved it and it's successful and it it blooms every year mm-hmm. but the um stem mm-hmm. the trunk mm-hmm. i don't know what you call the it the main stem yep it's very very thin it's maybe it's about 2 inches possibly 3 inches around i don't think it's quite 3 inches mm-hmm. and it's got all this uh, the leaves and the flowers and the stuff on the top but it looks very weak like it doesn't look like it's strong <laughs> enough for the top of the plant yeah so and i just wonder how do i strengthen it well, okay. Uh, so about seven years old, and it's not I'd staked. Say about ten. Okay, so oh, ten. Yeah. So and you don't have any stakes on this tree, do you? No, and okay, I thought good. of buying those rings that they have the stake on the side, and there's that rubber ring that just kind no. of supports a bit. Yeah, don't do that because a plant that is staked is more likely to be weak. Okay. than an unstaked plant, which is moving in the wind, and it's that wind movement that. Um, strengthens it. The, the girth will expand as the plant is subjected to movement. Oh, okay. So, because when it gets really full of the flowers, yeah. of course, it tilts right. because it's so heavy on the top. So that's why the best thing you can do, and you could do that now or you could do it early next spring, and that is do a very hard pruning on the top. Okay. So if how, how tall is it from ground to where the first branch starts? Um, let me look. Like three or four feet, maybe? taller than I am from the ground, but I'm not that tall. It must be about four feet, five feet from the ground where the first um, branch branch starts. And then the branches, of course, go, and it's taller than you, so it goes seven or eight? Oh, yeah, it's a lot taller. Okay. So what I would do is I would look at that top growth, all those branches up on the top, and consider cutting them back by half their height. So if the top one? 
everything up top there, so all those okay. branches. So if your first branch starts at four feet and it goes up to ten feet, so you've got six feet of branching, bring the whole thing down by three feet. So everything. Yep, all of it. Oh. Okay. Okay, and that will lighten the load, obviously, on the main stem, and it will also help make it a more dense, tidy plant. Uh, while you're taking all that down next spring or this fall, you could also thin some out wherever you've got branches that are rubbing together or interfering with each other. Uh, then you can certainly choose to remove some of those branches if it's really, really thick and dense. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it comes out in lovely flowers, but I'm just concerned the way it bends. Yeah, they get top-heavy, and so yeah, that's where you have to help it, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Thanks, Thank Cheryl. Good much. luck. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thank you very much. And uh, as you, as we, as we progress we. along, and you, by extension, folks, <laughs> <laughs> through a Saturday morning here uh, at uh, AM seven forty. I thought <clears> you were <throat> trying to do another takeover of the show, but you no, you, no, you actually I was, didn't say. I was I, getting instruction. <laughs> I was getting instruction yes. from our producer, our James, and yes. he w- he was starting to do the exercise. I can see that. I think the he next w- thing you know, he's going to be taking over my spot. <laughs> Jeez. There we go. Come on. He likes his Sierra Hill li- too. He's too young though. Ooh, I almost All right. you again. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you. You're on a real roll with those arms today. I'm going to start sitting on the other side of the studio, I think. There's enough <laughs> really microphones. I probably right Yeah, I could go sit with James and leave you in here alone. All right. So for the reason Frank is flailing his arms around <laughs> is because he knows that if he seeks improved comfort in his daily routine through increased flexibility and mobility, Sierra Sil can help. You and just thought that up, didn't you? I did. I just, like, top of my <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Sierra Zill is a completely natural mineral supplement. Frank and I both take it. It makes it possible for us to, in the case of Frank, unpack a lot of boxes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and sort out a new location, his new abode with Di. And in the case of myself, of course, it's all about the gardening and, uh, and many other activities that I undertake. I'm going cave climbing uh, tomorrow in the rain, but it'll be good in a cave that should be dry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be boring rain outside, but inside the cave, it'll be dry. Uh, I'm going with some friends uh, to a place. Actually, it's the eastern edge of Algonquin Park. Uh, Killaloo is the nearest town. It's up there. It's a great name, eh? Killaloo. I'm staying in a little cottage. It's going to be great. It's going to pour rain, but it's going to be great. I've got my raincoat, my rain boots. (laughs) Well, you have to let us know about how it went. I will for sure. But in the meantime, Mm -hmm. more information on Sierra Sill, go to their website, sierrasill.ca. Call the lovely people in Vancouver, one eight seven seven joint 14 or pick up Sierra Sill at Heart Lake IDA Drugs on Sandalwood Parkway East in Brampton. S-I-L? S-I-E. Yeah, now you <laughs> threw me. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. <laughs> this is my, my one and only bird whistle. And I'm not bird sure. song. Yeah, what is my, that? That's a cardinal, I, I think. Oh, you think? Okay. <laughs> oh, you think? Oh, well. No, I'm not oh, sure if a cardinal would not, know that that was a cardinal. But okay. Charlie Dobbin, stop that. Now, uh, Lori in Milton is a first-time caller, and uh, apparently... Well, uh, wait, let's wait. Okay, Just uh, well, welcome to the show, Lori. Yes, see how closely Lori has been listening. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. What's going on in your garden? Uh, well, I have a few patches of a juca, mm-hmm. and it has crept into the grass from the garden, mm-hmm. and um, I wonder if I can 
uh, paint it with Roundup, or do you have any suggestions? Mm-hmm. My husband did uh, dig it out a few years ago, but it has come back. It's very invasive. Right. So that's that's great. I love that. Ajuga is the correct name. It's a ground cover. The common name is bugleweed. Oh. <laughs> and bugleweed is commonly used as a ground cover in gardens or under trees. Mm-hmm. It grows, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> quite low light. Yep. So it's wonderful, like I say, under a tree. It comes with green leaves, purple leaves, variegated leaves. gets great blue flowers in the spring. And it grows like stink, and it does <laughs> end up in the, in the lawn sometimes. Uh-huh. I would not paint it with uh, Roundup because, remember, you will kill everything that the Roundup touches. Oh, yes. And, of course, the other reason we wouldn't use Roundup is because, by Ontario law, Roundup can only be used on um, really nefarious type plants, like poison ivy, for example. Oh, I see. Uh, you okay. can't. If, so the, what you've been doing, the digging up thing, is really your best bet. And mm-hmm. then just stay on that. Just keep that edge, that differentiation between the garden and the lawn very defined so that every time the grass tries to get into the garden or the bugleweed or the ajuga tries to get out into the grass, you're right on it and you're separating them and, and removing before it gets out of control. Um. Right. There are there is a herbicide that you could use, okay. um, and it's the Scots makes a herbicide. There's one called Pavement Clear, and of course the Pavement Clear is the high toxicity um, vinegar. And oh, yes. okay. that, again, will kill the bugleweed, but it'll also kill the grass. Uh, and then there's something else, for which is a weed begone, which we use in our grass to kill things like dandelions. And that may work as well but right. uh, and keep the grass alive. And Best, if, I, if I do use um, pavement clear, yeah. um, the grass will come back next year, will it? Not unless you replant it. So that's oh. why I would use something called weed begone. Right. And that will not hurt the, the grass, but it should kill the bugleweed and if it doesn't die quickly spray in the early in the season all the herbicides work a lot better early in the season when the leaves are very young and very soft and tender at this time of year the leaves on the weeds and any of the plants are quite old and quite tough and the herbicides are not as effective Okay, so okay. I should wait until the spring. Yeah, to do so this. dig it out uh, or use weed begone. Weed begone in the spring. All right, thank okay. you. Could I ask one other quick question? You know, uh, Lori, I'm afraid, even though you're a first-time caller, bless okay. your heart, we're, we <laughs> limit every caller to one question. Okay, All right, but thanks. you can call back. Lots of time to get back into the show and ask another question. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks, Lori. <laughs> thank Bye. you, Lori. See, I hate to do that. You're but, so so polite, though. Well, you did I, a nice job with that. I'm, I'm sitting on my motorcycle here, and I'm revving <laughs> the engine, and I'm going, "Oh, I can't let it go." And I pull him over. Yeah, yeah. I you know. know. There you I go. Know. Well, Rochelle. But we don't know where Rochelle's calling from. Well, let's find out. Hi, Rochelle. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Toronto. Oh, Good okay, morning. Just around the corner, and you're going to be talking about one of my uh, my favorite trees, Eastern Red Bud Tree. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, and it's grown just beautifully. I've only had it a few years. But it has sprouted a baby mm-hmm. near the uh, near the main trunk. Mm-hmm. Well, near the only trunk, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. And I'm and the, and this is the second year for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in knowing if I can dig it up um, and uh, pass it to a friend. How do I? Well, when? Okay, when well, good questions. Um, the baby that's sprouting at the trunk, how far away from the main trunk is it? Oh, I would say um, a foot, not, mm. not, not no. too far. Because um, some plants will send a shoot off of a root. 
which is commonly referred to as a sucker. And it will break through the soil and grow up beside as if it's a separate plant. But meanwhile, it's actually growing on the roots of the main plant. If you're confident that this plant is fell, a seed fell, and the little seed germinated and this little plant sprouted, absolutely dig it up, pass it to a friend. I would do that early next spring. Okay. However, if it's not on its own roots and it's actually on the roots of the mother plant, then you want to dig either way. You want to dig down. And when you're digging down, you're going to discover whether it's on the roots of the mother plant. If it is, you want to break it off, not cut it, but break it off the roots right down underground, wherever that root is, and remove it and put it in the composter. It won't grow unless it's got roots. Um, and, and it, but it won't grow back if you break it off. But if it so, is on its own roots, you can dig it up, put it in a little pot, and give it to a friend for sure. I'm sorry, put what in the compost? If it's a sucker, if it's growing off the root of the uh-huh. main plant, uh-huh. it, it's, it will not grow on its own. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. And so, I, because I do have seed pods, a few seed pods. Mm-hmm. Now, as you know, the first thing in the spring, it bursts into these brilliant flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen the baby do that yet. No, it's not old enough yet. But will I try and uh, try and dig it up before it flowers, or uh, it's it unlikely to flower at such a, a young age? Uh-huh. Uh, so, I mean, if you want, if you've got sort of the time and the weather is with you, you could do what we're talking about this fall. You know, if you've got a friend, like if it is growing on its own roots and you can dig it up and give it to a friend and your friend can get it in the ground in the next couple of days, right. then that you could do that as well. Um, right. It should be done fairly quickly, though, because it needs to get to its new home and in the ground uh, within the next week. Or wait till spring. And your point, when in the spring? As soon as the ground is dry enough that it's not all soggy. Don't worry about the flowering part. That little, little guy's not going to flower for a couple of years yet. Okay, well, I'm really excited. Yeah, great. <laughs> Good for you. Good. Yeah, it'd be great if you do have little babies because they're yeah, lovely plants. Yeah, especially if it's from seed. My yeah, goodness. Yeah, good for you. Well, okay. let us know how that turns out. I will. Thanks. Ha- happy Thanks digging. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank you very much, Rochelle. And you are listening to The Gardening Show from AM740 Zoomer Radio, broadcasting live and direct. From the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. <laughs> That's us. And maybe I'd better give the phone numbers one more time for those of you Good who idea. have uh, not had a chance to jot it down or keep it on the fridge. Speed Four, dial. Yeah, there you go. 416-360-0740 in Toronto. And then anywhere else in the province, one 866 740 740, although we're not short of calls by any means. Uh, Gail is next on the line here to shoot a question your way. Good morning, Gail. Oh, good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Morning. Nice to hear from you. Yeah. Um, my husband planted a p- pussy willow mm-hmm. last year, and it was so cute and small. <laughs> and this year it no. grew. It really grew all tall that rain. because of all the rain we've been having. <laughs> Jurassic and, plant. Um, he wanted to know whether it should be pruned. Mm-hmm. It's kind of looking a bit straggly, you know, I think. Oh, I, I bet it is. It probably and, grew about um, two or three feet. Know um, how to prune it, and should it be pruned now? My impulse would be to leave it till the spring leave and it spring? do a radical pruning on it in the spring, like cut it back by half or more, Yes, but do it when all those branches are covered with the little pussies. With the little? Pussies, the little soft buds. Oh, that's when you prune it? 
Well, that's a good time to prune it because then you've got all those stems that yeah. you can use to, well, sell. people pay a lot of money for those pussy willow stems. Yeah, I know. So, you oh, know, okay. you got to flog so, them on the end of your driveway. You can get a dollar a stem. Wow. And uh, <laughs> so that would be the time to cut it and, and, you know, use them in some arrangements or whatever yeah, in the spring. Yeah, they look nice when they're in the, uh, yes. Oh, we love them, nice. man. Yeah. Okay, so in the, in the, um, in the spring yep. when, when they're covered with the furry thing. Exactly. Okay, but I'll let him know that because set, um Yeah, don't it, hesitate. Um, Cut it hard. It'll yeah. and it'll grow back even thicker and faster than ever. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well um oh that's right. Oh I almost asked you another question. Oh, oh, uh, sorry. You know what'll happen. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you about strange things that keep growing like oak trees planting themselves in sandboxes and such. Well, but that's squirrels probably dropping those, burying the acorns. Oh, that's right? the squirrels that do that, probably. eh? Probably. Though acorns will sprout right on the, germinate right on the uh, surface of the ground. I've seen that happen as well. But yeah. it's often squirrels that organize and I redesign for us. Wor- I often wondered how that uh, happened. So yeah. it's the squirrel. Likely, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that was my sneaky question. And I'm so sorry <laughs> Yeah, that was good. You did a good job with that. You, All right. you well, did I'll it let so you well. Know how to, and when, um, um, usually the furry things in the spring is about April or so. Exactly. Yeah, probably depending on how early spring comes. It could be early April, it could be late April. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Thanks very much, Charlie. You're very welcome. Right. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for calling. Bye, Gil. No, she didn't thank me because I was riding her there. I and, know. Uh, well, that's right. She should have thanked you because you. she was so sneaky there. Well, you know. I know. <laughs> Got that question in there. But that's a, you know, interesting thought. Little oak trees growing in sandboxes. Why not? Which soon become monster oak trees and there's yeah. no more sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> we have to take a little bit, a bit of a break here, Charlie. Okay. Uh, the Garden Show returns with questions coming in from folks like Shirley and Joan and a whole bunch of other people lined up, too. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And it's the uh, terrific Troika attacking you this morning. (laughs) James Patrick Dooley, who answers the phone. Myself, who basically does nothing, Frank Proctor. Yeah, you do a good job on the numbers. Well, I do, I guess, yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'll accept that. (laughs) And, And then there's Charlie Dobbin, who knows everything. Well, pretty, pretty ask, her, hmm? yeah. ask her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Shirley in Mississauga is waiting on the line. Here. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. How are you? Great, thank Good you. Good morning. I was so glad to get through this morning. Excellent. Anyway, I listen to your program all the time. My question today is, I have not had success saving geraniums and wondered if Charlie could give me some good samples of doing it. Well, how have you tried to save them in the past? I've hung them mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. And I've put them, uh, cut them back, and put them in the cold cellar. Mm-hmm. But I just don't seem to have success. Now, do you have a cold cellar, a dark, cool spot? Yes, I in- do. Oh, okay. Well, I'm so- yeah. Okay, so the whole idea of hanging <clears throat> geraniums goes back to when we did have root cellars, or we had cellars that the floor was earth, right? And the basement was a, a low ceilinged, dark 
somewhat moist, cool location. And, of course, the moisture came from the fact that there was an earthen floor. Right. Geraniums would go dormant in that situation because it was dark and cool, but they would stay alive because there would be sufficient humidity in the air that the actual plant would still survive. Okay. Not many of us have those conditions in our basements any longer. They tend to be dry and heat, you know, heated and right. f- carpeted and, you know, big screen TV'd. And right. geraniums don't like that. My best success for overwintering geraniums has to bring them in and maintain them as a houseplant. Now, oh, really? Now, I do have sunny windows. Do you have any southern yes, or I western do. facing windows? Yeah. Yes. So what I would do is um, it's one of the things we can do if we think about this back in August is we can take cuttings then mm-hmm. very easily and quickly root up the cuttings, pot them up into little pots and bring those in for the winter. It's You will not get roots from cuttings now as quickly as you would back in August just because okay. it's cooler and darker and they're, they're slowing down. But if you can bring the plants in, of course, it's a thorough cleaning of the plant so you don't bring any insects with you. And then, um, you know, a thorough cleaning, a thorough watering and into a sunny location. Mm-hmm. The plant you would use, obviously, it'll use less water all winter than it did outside. Uh, but in the sun, you'll find that they'll often continue to bloom all winter. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. So now I have a lot of geraniums, so okay. I'm... Well, so if you don't want to bring them all in, have you, are they all different or are a lot of them the same? Um, they were the gigantic ones, yeah. and they, just, they were just fabulous this year. Uh, fabulous. So, so I wondered if I could save them. Well, what I would do, you know how the, what the commercial growers do, the people that grow those Giganticos, yes. they have right now a Gigantico geranium that will, they will take cuttings off of many of them, obviously, but yeah, come January, February, <clears throat> those big, what they call mother plants, mm-hmm. are cut back and all those three to four inch tip cuttings become the geraniums that you're going to buy next spring. So you can mimic that by bringing in one or two, uh-huh. grow them up into fat, juicy plants on your windowsill for the winter, come j- late January, early February, start taking cuttings, rooting those cuttings, putting them into little four-inch or two-inch pots, mm-hmm. and do just what they're doing so that instead of having to buy 20 next spring, you can grow 20 from the two you're going to bring in, or three oh, okay. or whatever. Okay, that right? sounds like... The- yeah, you don't need to bring in 20 easy. to have 20 is my point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, and before You'll I forget, Shirley, uh, here, I forgot to note that you are indeed a first-time caller. I am. There you go. Thanks for calling. Okay. okay. Thank you, and I love your show. Thanks. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye-bye now. Let's see, Joan in Brantford, all set to give us a little word, too. Let's find out what's going on there. Hi, Joan. Hi. Good morning to uh, both of you there. Thank you. Good morning. I'm, uh, we're having a problem with our calla lilies. Mm. Last year, it bloomed. We put it outside. Mm. It's uh, in a pot, and we all that we have are leaves, but we have no flowers. This year, no flowers at all? No. Lots of leaves, and we're just wondering whether there's many bulbs in that pot that should be separated, or what should we do? It's probably not an overcrowding. Did you fertilize it at all? Yes, it has been fertilized. And that could be why you've got so many leaves and no flowers. Also, does it it get any sun at all? Yes, it does. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of sun? or a lot. It gets uh, quite a bit of sun because we put it outside so that it can, you know, get the sun. Hmm. And, and like when you put it outside, it's in a sunny location? Yes. Because uh, my impulse would be to think, oh, too much fertilizer. 
Uh, so often when things don't flower, it's because we're feeding the plant and the plant is using the fertilizer to grow, to get bigger. I mean, that's what leaves do. Leaves allow the bulb to get bigger. Oh, I see. Uh, flowers are kind of a bonus. And, of course, one of the reasons plants will often flower is because they, I don't want to say they, they think this, but they know that their life is coming to an end or winter is coming. It's like, you know, we sort of put that onto the plants that they're under extreme stress. And because flowering is all about creating seeds, many flowers will be formed on plants when they're under stress. So happy plants don't need to flower. They're just happy to get bigger. Correct. That, so that's my impulse is to think that perhaps that's what's going on. It's just mm-hmm. too happy. You're you looking after we too well. you separate them? If you're going to separate them, I would do it next February because you're going to bring that plant in for the winter. Correct. And it's going to go dormant and it's going to spend the winter asleep in a dark snug location that's frost free. Right. And then you're going to repot those, those little tubers up. Uh, and that's your time to then separate them out and start them early enough uh, in the spring so you've got many plants rather than just the one pot. Right. And don't be so, don't look after it so well. Right. <laughs> okay, fine then. I know, it's, it's so funny. We kill our plants with love and we also make them so happy with love that we, we don't get what we want, right? We want the flowers. <laughs> you know, I can never hear the, the uh, term callow lily without thinking of <laughs> Catherine Hepburn and that famous line, of the color lilies are in bloom, such a lovely flower. <laughs> thank you so much for thank the call. Thank you, Catherine, and thank you, Joan. <laughs> All righty. Uh, oh, it's a bit of a weird uh, day for me. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just... It's probably because the sun's not shining. It's showing oh, all week. Oh, sad. I'm suffering from sad. sad. Yeah. Seasonal S-A-D. adjusted, yeah. whatever called. Whatever it means. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> okay. You just are. <laughs> exactly. Well, Uta is on the line with us right now. Um, and good morning, Uta. Where are you calling from, by the way? Good morning. I'm calling from Toronto, and I'm oh. a first-time caller. Oh, my ah. goodness me. Oh, alrighty. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I enjoy your show very, very much. Thank you. Now, I have a plant that I gotten from a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and it has little aches on it. They're really about two inches, and I don't know. They're supposed to come from the... Um, a certain plant, they call it Easter eggs on these ones. Oh, okay. So that okay. So I'm they're white. Okay, and they're about two inches tall. These and eggs. I have about four or five of them on there. They start with a purple flower, and then they get into that white. They're really hard. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know what to do with them in the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> two inch eggs. And this is an indoor plant or an outdoor? I have no idea if it's an indoor or outdoor plant. Right now I got it on my windowsill inside, yes. Okay. So you know what? Um, Off the top of my head, I'm not knowing what this plant is, but I am going to look it up and get back to you. Little eggs on plants. Two inch. Oh, yeah. Apparently you can eat them. Some tell me you can eat them. Some tell me they have seeds in there, so I'm not quite sure. I'd be on the the lookout (laughs) for it. It does look pretty. It has nice leaves on there. Uh And in between on the stem, they start to have these little eggs going. 
And this person gave you this plant and didn't give you any information at the time. In she terms didn't of... know much about it either, uh-huh. but she has oodles of them in her own home. I've seen them, and they grow quite tall, too. And she has them inside, not outside? No, she has them outside at the moment. Oh, okay. And she doesn't know either what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd be highly suspect. I, I personally think it's it's a chicken who is a, a B&E artist. <laughs> sneaking around. Sneaking around, laying eggs on stuff. Yeah. And got some crazy glue in its back. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, they're supposed to come in different colors, I heard, but I only got the white one. Oh, well, the Easter bunny. That's yeah. what the it Easter is. Easter bunny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there yet to go. And are they, are they oh, like, they're really, are they really egg-shaped in the sense yeah, that really they're egg-shaped, narrower yeah. at one it's end weird, and eh? wider at the Okay, I'm going to figure out what this is. But in the meantime, Uta, if there's any possibility that you could take a photograph yes, and email that to me, okay. that would help a lot as well. So I, why don't we let you go? Get a pencil and paper, and I'm going to give you my email address. Okay. Okay. Thanks Good for enough. the call. And Pleasure talking. More to you. info Pleasure to come. Talking to you, and have a great day still. Oh, Thank okay. you. Thank you. Bye bye. Everybody's going. What? What is the heck that? is that? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we're all going to. Like, <laughs> Even James is going. What? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> so, oh, okay. All right. So. For anybody who would like to me to help them identify something and would like to f- take a photograph and email it to me, my email address is c, my first initial, c dot dobbin, d-o-b-b-i-n, at mzmedia dot com. So c dot dobbin at mzmedia dot com. Okay. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Charlie Dobbin. Do you send out tweets a lot yourself? I do. Well, there you go. I give send out tweets about what I'm doing in my garden, like uh, emptying the composters that I was doing, cutting back the lavender, doing all those kind of fall yeah. chores, and uh, and that'd be a good reminder for other people. Just say, "What's Charlie up to?" I should be doing exactly, that too. Exactly, that's see? the idea. And yeah. um, and also I, I tweet about what we're doing on the show. Like next week, for example, we have a special guest, Liz Primo, will be with us next week. She wrote a, the book about all about garlic. Ooh, yeah, and yeah. it's time to start Love. planting the garlic. So Liz is going to be here yes. to talk to us about that. Both next James week. and I, our eyebrows went up. Yeah. Yes, we both love garlic. Yeah. Okay, love the show, and we want to get back to it as far as questions are concerned. But we have to take a little bit of a break right now. The Garden Show from AM seven forty Zoom Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And a good it's morning to you. It's 10 o'clock. Hey, there we are. It's not okay. 10 o'clock. Not quite, no. <laughs> not quite. No, we're not Woo. done yet. We no. just lost five minutes. <laughs> we still have Wanda to uh, I, talk to here. And, and you uh, wanted to go on to uh, this just little To article. go back to yeah. Utah. Well, th- I, this isn't definitive yet, but in my quick uh, search here, a uh, plant with what looks like white eggs hanging uh-huh. from it. Of course, I looked up eggplant, and we think of eggplant as having purple or aubergine fruits hanging from it, but there does appear to be actual eggplant plants with white-colored fruits. So it is possible that that's what uh, Uta's got growing there, uh, but she'll send me a picture, and hopefully when she sends the photograph, there'll be some leaves in the photo, and that will certainly help with identifying the plant. Absolutely. All right. Just one final caller to uh, go here on the show, and we've got time, certainly, to talk to Wanda in Scarborough. Mm. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. Morning. Thank you for taking my call, Charlie and Frank. Our pleasure. I have a 
an impatience that is no longer available. It's variegated. One plant used to grow about uh, 29 inches in width, mm-hmm. and it had beautiful pink flowers. This year, it didn't grow quite as high. It survived until about August and then slowly started to lose its leaves mm-hmm. and drop back. And collapsed. Would you suggest any way I could save it? Should I try to dig it up? No. Nope. try to take the... <clears throat> there are it's not... three little branches about four inches long, and they don't have any leaves on them. Mm-hmm. I know, it's too bad. And is that a plant you, you have saved over the years? Yes. <clears throat> The lady that gave it to me lost all of hers. Mm-hmm. So what's happened is your impatience, as well as the lady who gave it to you who lost her impatience, you have both got a case of downy mildew on the impatience, and that has caused them to collapse. The downy mildew is a fungus. It is in the soil. Once the downy mildew gets into the soil, it will be there for at least five years. So is the impatient salvageable? Unlikely. I guess, frankly, I, I would say no. It's, it's dead. But if you wanted to try and save what's that little bit of stem and root, what you would do is you would dig it up, you would wash all the soil off the roots, yes. and then you would get some brand new, clean, sterile potting soil. And you would take that washed bit of impatience, that little bit of stem and a little bit of root. You would plant it into that sterile potting soil inside in in a sterile pot. And you will try and grow it. See if, you know, be very careful with watering it. Uh, It'd be very easy for it to just turn, you know, continue to deteriorate. But if it's got any life in it at all, it could start to grow back in that little pot on your windowsill. And that would be what you would try and do is just keep it alive in that pot. You will, if you do manage to keep it alive over the winter, don't take it outside and put it in the ground. Always keep it in a pot. Always keep it in clean, sterile potting soil. And that would be the only way you're going to keep it alive. Downy mildew is a huge problem all over North America. And you'll see that next year, even at the garden centers, we probably won't see any impatience for sale. Because that downy mildew kills the impatience. Okay? I see. I'm all right. I'll sorry try to that. say that. Thank but you, yeah, Charlie. good luck. I hope maybe that will work. Let us know. Thank you. I will. All right. And yeah, that's a sad thing about impatience. Not the New Guinea impatience or the sunshine yeah. impatience. They're fine. Uh, but forget the regular impatience. They were the number one bedding plant for the last 25 years. And now they're toast. They're gone. Is that sad? Wow. Yeah. So if you have spots where you've relied mm-hmm. on impatience in the past, think something different. Think begonias. Think coleus. Think fuchsia. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other plants that we're going to have to work with for the low light areas, which are not impatience. Good. All right. Okay. Okay. So thank you, Frank. Well, Charlie, thank you. And James. James is the best. Oh, absolutely. And so thank you, James. Of course, Patrick Dooley and Franklin (laughs) Proctor. And thanks for all our great callers, new callers, good questions all over the place. And uh, I will see you all next week. And you'll be back next week as well. And I'll be back a little later on this afternoon from 2 to 5. Excellent. When I'm driving, I'll listen to you. I'm a long drive. All righty. Please do. (laughs) Okay. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? 
Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing. And she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.